Go ahead. Hello, hello, ugh, fuck. Hello and welcome to episode 11 of The 52, where two jabroni best friends with zero credentials review 52 of Netflix's 2021 originals. My name is Nikki. And my name is Greg. For the record, he's a genius and I went to film school. Let's get started. Been a rough start for this podcast, people. So anyway, episode 11 is about things heard and seen with Amanda Seyfried and other people who I don't really recognize from other things. Do you? Um, I've seen them. I don't know them by name. Yeah. So it's basically a movie about her. So I tried looking at the synopsis on Wikipedia and it's one of those that's like the correct length for the podcast, but just sucks. So I'm just going to do it off the top of my head. Okay. So basically the movie's based in 1980. It technically starts off in 1979 with Catherine Clare, who's an art restorer who lives in Manhattan with her husband, George and her daughter, Franny. George is some sort of art historian. Um, they throw a party because George has just passed his dissertation and become a doctor in art history or whatever. I don't think they ever specified what he was a doctor in. Um, and he's received a job offer from a small college in upstate New York. That's like a private school. And... Fran, no, Franny's the daughter. Catherine decides to give up her job, which she seemed, like, really successful. Like, the piece of art that they show her restoring in uh, what's basically a cathedral looked super fancy and old, and she obviously knows what she's doing. So, she gives up her job. They move into an old farmhouse upstate in Chosen, New York. She's told that the house belonged to dairy farmers who sort their business failed and they just decided to sell their entire property and leave. They move in. Things are kind of weird between her and George. George starts going to work. He meets Floyd, who's like the chair of the art department at that college. He gets his nice little office. He meets a co-worker, Justine, who is also part of the art department. She does a class on weaving, I believe. And we start to find out that the people up here believe in spirits in a weird way. So they think that spirits are there to be sort of either guardian angels or demons. So they'll either be like a benevolent presence and guide you through life or they'll be evil and do evil things but they don't interact with people of opposite types so good spirits will deal with good people bad spirits will deal with bad people long story short their marriage was never really a marriage we find out that she was pregnant before they got married. They got married because of the pregnancy, because it's 1980 and that's something that you do. 
they moved upstate as part of his job, but also to kind of settle down and build their family together. He immediately starts acting funny with Willis, who is the cousin of two boys who hang around the house and do, you know, sort of busy work for Catherine. Eventually, we find out that they're the boys... Okay, so as you heard, this is episode 11. It's about things heard and seen with Amanda Seyfried and a few other people that I guess are recognizable, but I wouldn't know their names off the top of my head if I saw them. You might not either. Who might not either? The audience. Oh yeah, definitely not. You did though. I just recognize them. I don't know their names. So it's obviously a 2021 Netflix original. Um, It's the first horror thriller that we've seen uh it's based on a novel called all things cease to appear by elizabeth brundage and it was digitally released april 29th 2021 and received mostly negative reviews from critics i will say that i was greg kind of put the lineup of the films we had to do and then when i realized it was a horror film i was I was slightly afraid because i don't like horror films but because it was so bad i was not afraid uh, while watching, so that's that's how you know if it's a bad horror film. And I, I was just, scared. I don't even think it was scary. That's because it was bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to read the plot synopsis, bleh, synopsis off of Wikipedia. I'll be honest. We've run through starting this episode several times because we started off with the idea that the Wikipedia plot synopsis is bad because it is bad and then i decided to do a rendition of it but i was trying to be not super detailed so that it doesn't take very long to do it but then that ended up being choppy so we're gonna go back to the even worse plot synopsis from wikipedia and then we're just gonna talk about it like usual so in 1979 Catherine claire an art restorer lives in manhattan with her husband george and daughter franny When George lands a job teaching art history at a college, the family moves into a large farmhouse in Chosen, New York. Catherine feels isolated in the house. She finds a Bible tracking the deaths of the previous owners and sees names scratched out, marked damned. She sees strange lights leading her to an antique ring, which she begins wearing. Franny feels a ghostly presence and insists on sleeping in her parents' room. Catherine employs brothers Eddie and Cole Lux as farmhands, while George starts an affair with Willis, a female student, and their cousin. George's colleague, Justine Sokolov, invites him and Catherine to dinner. She and Catherine become friends. On the way back home, George acts erratically, leading to him and Catherine fighting. George invites Floyd De Beers, the department head, home after a joint yacht trip. Floyd also feels the presence of a soul. See, this is... Floyd also sees the presence of a soul? They didn't even... They did skip a lot of things, but we'll just... We'll fill it in. My notes are actually very chronological. He assures Catherine that the spirit is benevolent and offers to hold a seance. George and Catherine throw a party and invite neighbors and George's colleagues. During the party, Catherine finds out the previous owners were Eddie and Cole's parents and that their father killed their mother, Ella, and himself. Later, Catherine confronts George about the house's origins. As they argue, a radio begins playing, only stopping when George destroys it. 
Catherine asks George to take Franny to his parents' house. While George is gone, Catherine and Floyd hold a seance. They see the ghost of Ella. Floyd tells Catherine there is another spirit in the house and that Catherine should be careful until it is revealed. George begins hearing voices from the other spirit. Catherine discovers George's affair and starts one with Eddie. Catherine learns paintings George claimed were his work were painted by his cousin who drowned in a boating accident. On a class trip, Justine overhears a conversation between George and his dissertation advisor who asks how he was hired without a recommendation letter. Remind me about the boating accident later. It just made me think of something. Okay. The next day, Floyd confronts George who admits to it and schedules a meeting to explain the situation. On a boat ride, George unsuccessfully dissuades Floyd from reporting him. George returns completely soaked. Justine confronts him about his affair, and as Justine drives away, George follows her and runs her off the road, putting her in a coma. She hit a tree. Later, Catherine learns of Floyd's death and Justine's accident. In his class, George notices an image he did not set up projected on the slide, angering him. It is the cover from Floyd's book, which, even though it doesn't say this, it shows a soul transitioning into the afterlife also i think i know you're 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 wanting to get like why you want me to remind you of the boating accident yeah because it just made me think of something yeah Catherine prepares to leave with franny but george puts a sedative in Catherine's drink george finds out about her plan and a fight ensues Catherine becomes unconscious and george murders her with an axe george goes to work and instructs cole not to disturb Catherine, claiming she is ill George returns home, where he pretends to discover her body. The police suspect George, but have no proof and release him. He takes Franny to his parents' home in Connecticut. Catherine's soul joins forces with Ella's. They awaken Justine and show her everything that George did. Justine speaks to the police. George tries to escape on his deceased cousin's boat. A storm arrives, intensifies, and a hole opens in the ocean swallowing George as it replicates a painting seen throughout the movie, even though I'm pretty sure he and the boat burst into flames. Yeah. And that is the end of a descriptively non-descriptive synopsis, thanks to Wikipedia. But it almost covered everything, in a sense, because not a lot, hap a lot happens in this film, but not a lot. Um, but we can start with my notes, because they're in pretty chronological order. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, okay, so the opening scene of this, of this film is actually a dinner party, uh, at their New York apartment. Ooh, but right before that, it, they do like that cut back in time kind of nonsense. So it starts off with him pulling into the garage, blood falling on his car. Oh, yeah. And then him running out of the house with the daughter. That's true. And then it goes, oh... Several months beforehand. I think that's called in media rays. Yeah, and it's a little tropey sometimes, depending on how it's done. I just, well, honestly, it wasn't so good that I'd forgotten about it. That's how, <laughs> I know. <laughs> it was how short it was. But yeah, dinner party, go ahead. Um, so there's a dinner party, um, which, again, is supposed to show a little bit of their relationship, um, the family history, because, again, both sides of the family were there. And we are introduced to her eating disorder. She's bulimic. Um, I kind of felt like it was a pretty rushed setup. 
uh, in terms of all of that, because we just hear that they're announcing that they're going to be moving. I'm not even sure if she's, I think he announces it. I don't, I wasn't even sure if she, she was aware. Um, and then she's talking to her best friend. I don't think she was. I don't think she was aware. That's what I remembered. And then she was talking to her best friend about it. And um, the way they introduced her eating disorder was that someone offered her a cake and she took it. A friend offered her cake. Yeah. She she was like, you haven't eaten anything. You're so thin these days. You're making us other moms look bad. Yeah. So she went and threw it up in the bathroom. Um, I will say the only thing I did like about this film was maybe the way they discussed her eating disorder. Or not discussed it, but the way they showed it, I guess. You did like? I did. And there's something later on that I liked as well. Um, involving that. So anyway, the that's how I felt about the, at least in the beginning of the film. Then they move up to this place. It was what's it called? Chosen. New yeah, York. Chosen New York. I'd never heard of it. Um, and I'm fairly sure it's a real place, but also weird name. Yeah, definitely weird. And they're checking out the house, um, and they kind of do like a quick montage of them sort of fixing the place up. And one thing that stuck out to me was there's this piano that was in the living room and she asks why would someone leave something like so beautiful here like a dumb motherfucking white person in a horror film like they wouldn't just leave this here something's up duh yeah yeah because the cover story that her husband gives her is that the residents sold their property because they were dairy farmers who went out of business yeah, so why would they leave an antique, probably expensive piano just sitting in their vacant house? Exactly. So there was a couple of those dumb moments in the beginning of the film where I wrote them down because I was just like, for real? Um, okay, so one of the evenings, you know, they're sleeping. The little girl in her room, I, I don't know if a light bursts in a flames no, or something. it's this creepy lamp, like, clown lamp thing that lights up and glows, and it, like, glows intermittently. Well, she freaks out, and she runs into her parents' room, and they are totally dismissive of her, which is very cliche again for a horror film. Part of it was that they were about to fuck. That's true. For the first time that we've seen them be intimate in the movie. That's true, and he was pretty mad when she, <laughs> little yeah, girl. Yeah, he, he was, was like, pissed. are you serious? But almost, like, a little too mad. Well, yeah, because your daughter is also freaking out, like, her first couple of weeks in this new house. Well, no, he was, well, it, it plays on later. He, he as a character evolves in a particularly, like, interesting way, but we'll, we'll cover that. Um, the next thing that stuck out to me was when he was speaking to the headmaster, so he just got this new job, and... Oh, Floyd's the chair of the department. Oh, the chair of the department. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, not the headmaster. He's the chair of the department. And he gives him this book. He gives him this book of, uh, I guess that guy was an artist? Yeah, so I don't know what's going on with the actual art theory in this movie. I think it's a lot deeper than it appears on the surface, or it is deeper, and I just don't know about artists. We don't know about about that artist. There's apparent. He supposedly in his dissertation, he wrote about. A specific artist who was influenced by another artist and that one of those dudes believed in the fact that like spirits and us exist on different planes that sometimes happen to coexist and that 
spirits could be either a sort of guardian angel character or a sort of demon character, but that they only influence and deal with people that match their sort of dispensation. So, like, good spirits will only talk to good people or deal with good people, and bad spirits will only deal with bad or evil people. But, like, there's a group... I guess in specifically the art department at this school that are sort of more spiritually inclined, but in like a ghost investigations kind of way, I not like a Christian way. I would say more just that. He literally brought up the idea of a seance. When he said that to him, I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like you, in normal conversation, like it wasn't even something that he thought might be perceived as strange. He was like, yeah, we have seances and stuff like that. Regularly. Yeah, regularly. I as was like, part of the group. Um, and of course, George was like, uh, okay, like, he was just kind of playing it off. And also the, the, the book, I forget what the book was called, but it was something crazy. It was like Journeys Through Heaven and Hell or some shit like that. It was a book that he was gifted. And it was a picture, the, the front cover of the book depicts an artwork that shows, or is supposed to show the journey of a spirit, like, into the afterlife. So there's like a glowing white cross in the middle of a valley that's surrounded by darkness and and clouds. And there's like this small glowing figure of a person like departing life. Um, Yes. So then the next scene that struck my attention was when Amanda Seyfried, she gets on the scale. She's paranoid about her weight. Um, So I, I, again, I, I mentioned, I like the way they show her eating disorder. Um, Although the, the scale does end up cracking, uh, which is a ghost. Um, and then at the dinner table, he mentions like, oh, are you just eating salads again? And the doctor's supposed to be, uh, what's it called? Um, giving you... Prescribed was, her protein pr- shakes. He prescribed her protein shakes, which is like a strange 1980s thing, I guess. Yeah. Because um, that's not really that's how not you food. deal with an eating disorder. That's not food. Um, it is food, but it's not food. I almost thought they weren't. I thought they were more like that. insure. It looked like insure. It, it was didn't like look nutriment like pro- or some shit like yeah, that. Yeah, it's probably caloric. Um, and I think, yeah, yeah. So that's that's what I liked. Um, so she, this is a, this is a. She pivot. defended by saying, "Oh, I don't drink it in the morning anymore because it makes my stomach sour or something like that." Like I drink them at night. She's clearly going through an episode. though. She never drank the protein shakes the entire movie. No. It was the one time and then the last time. Which was unfortunate. Yes. Um, uh, before so- that, we've also been introduced to the two brothers who happen to be the cousin of Willis. Yeah. Um, the two brothers are doing sort of handiwork around the house um, for George and Claire. Yeah. Uh, and it was also, well, now it makes sense, but it was kind of peculiar how they came up to them and they were like, hey, like, we're, you know. Used to being around here. Our uncle lives in town. Like. Yeah, we're cheaper than everyone else, you know. Mm-hmm. It was just a, I don't know. It was weird. It, it was, was weird. weird and creepy. It was like, She's like, you have a business card? Around. He's like, I don't know where my I business card is. I have a pen. Cards. Yeah, I was like, this and is like weird. they were trying to make him hot, but he wasn't like in the face. He wasn't hot. He had a, he had a pretty built body, but I kind of liked his face. He was simple, but he was hot for simple. Yeah, yeah, but that's what you got. You're working with it. Um. Okay, so this is a pivotal scene. So she finds this ring. Uh, oh my god! She finds the ring, which is more 
white people bullshit. I know. First, she found the Bible. Yeah. She was like putting dishes away on a stepladder, found a big old Bible, like resting on top of the cabinet. And for a fucking art restorer, she was really rifling through the pages very rapidly of a Bible from like 1885. That's true. She was fucking flinging those pages apart, like, trying to slam the, the book onto the table. All kinds of shit. And she finds a section that's, like, basically the family tree of death. It's just, like, who lived in that property and who died on that so property. damned. And, like, two of the names were crossed out and, and written next to it was the word damned. But, like, written in the same handwriting which makes no sense because those two bitches died like a hundred years apart there's a lot of spookiness going on and she um, really was just and then she finds it. a ring like yeah. embedded in the windowsill and this dumb bitch tries to fucking pry it out with the biggest kitchen knife she can find like that's the one tool you decided to take a ring out with but this is the strange thing the knife flies out of her hand and lands straight up into the ground and then she doesn't think much of it. She still goes for the ring. She, like, ignores that, that death yeah. just happened and goes for the ring anyway. She's not even like, whew, that could have been bad. Yeah, so she's having all these ghostly experiences and still decides to live in the house. And any horror film, I just, I just hate that. Because in real life, you would not stay there. You wouldn't stay there. You wouldn't live there. Let me ask you something. Did you write down about the scene where she drops the ring into the, into the sink? I don't know if I did that. I don't think so. Okay, just keep going. I'll, I'll bring it up eventually. Because that was disturbing. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, yeah. Yes. I don't even know what that was, a though. A fetus. Oh. She pulled a fetus out of the sink by the umbilical cord. I don't know why I didn't write about that one. Probably because I preferred to it. opened its fucking eye and looked at her. Yeah, I think I missed writing about that one. I'm sorry. Um, that okay, it was fucking disturbing. It's gross. That was probably the most disturbing part of this movie. I have weird body issues, so like... No, that's disgusting. No, I know that, but I'm just saying, like, for me, that's like a little much. Like, for anybody. Okay, so George, uh, by all intents and purposes, he seems like a normal guy up to this point. Um, the only little thing was like maybe the thing with the daughter where he was like really like you know but it, so far he seems like an okay guy until the library until the, this is the scene that's coming up in the library so george was at the library with his daughter and he sees this young girl reading her the cat in the hat by the way yeah and she was and he was a complete skeeve like if i'd ever seen one um this is the girl actually who plays uh the sister in stranger things mm-hmm um, she went to NYU. Shout out. Uh, Let me ask you, you like her? In this film? In, first of all, <laughs> purely whether you think she's attractive. And then second, whether you think she's a decent actress, whether in this film or not. I think she's a decent actress. Do I think she's attractive? Because um, I've heard varied things. She's okay. Okay. She's not, like, drop-dead gorgeous, but she's not hideous either. She's just very white. Like, I don't know. Um, I guess she has nice eyes. Jamie hates her. Hates her. She's not that bad. Uh, so, anyway, he skeeves, totally skeevy on the student. Huge perv. Um. In, like, a very... 
but like almost, outward way. Yeah, he's but, like, I want to fuck you, basically, like in his mannerisms. But also, like, this doesn't seem like the first time he's done it. Like, that's how no. seasoned he. And she's appears. not even a student at his school, which is a good thing. Yeah, because it would have been worse. She goes to Cornell, um, but she's which I didn't believe. Uh, she could have. She she goes to Cornell, but um, she actually was offered the semester for whatever reason, and she worked at a stable. Um, so what's really funny is that she swerves him immediately. And then I almost kind of like her. Like she's sassy. She's like, oh, you know, your wife. And I liked her swerve because she read a specific set of lines from Cat in the Hat. Yeah, she did. It was very, yeah, she was clever. So I was like, maybe she does go to Cornell, you know? Um, and then the next scene that I, I, I noticed, uh, was that Amanda Seyfried, she comes home, and this is after his um, interaction with this girl. He's, like, jerking off profusely in the shower. And she, like, is going to talk to him, and then she, like, sees what he's doing, and she backs away. What was like, she going to talk to him about? It was something important. Oh, I don't remember. No. I was more of just kind of like, why are you freaking out about seeing your husband jerking off in the shower? Like, so much so that you can't even speak to him. But, I mean, like, he was really going at it. I know that. Like, with gusto. Yeah, but what I'm, I understand, but I'm just saying, like, her, they have a strange relationship. Like, they're almost not as intimate as a married couple should be. Mm-hmm. Um, because I feel like if I saw my husband, or even if my boyfriend was, like, madly jerking off, like, if I had to talk to him, I'm gonna fucking talk to him. Like, I don't care if you're I'd jerking like, off the shower. What the, the fuck are you jerking off about? Also, we could just have sex, like, yeah. weirdo. Like, <laughs> um, okay, so this is another thing that really threw me off. I didn't understand the passage of time because they kept saying he's grown quite a following in the department. Um, his students really love him. He's got all these tennis bros apparently. Um, and we don't really get a frame of reference of time until the dinner party, which I'll explain later. Um, but well, I mean, it started off in summer. Yeah, but we don't know how much time is passing. Fall. Yeah, but we don't know anything. We don't know any specifics on time passing. That's what I'm saying. It feels like this timeless like thing, but we yeah. don't get a real time reference until that dinner party. Because then they're like, it's been three months. Mm-hmm. But other than, yeah, see? Um, but other than that, it's been like, you're like, how's he have all these and tennis bros and all this? cult th- following at school, part of that is just because he's an attractive male teacher. Is because he attractive? Sh- supposedly, but they show weird interactions with him and the female students. Okay, that's true, but I also want you to know there's somewhere in this notes about his love handles, so... Yeah, his body... Don't, was, let's not get oh, there yet. Oh, that was weird. That but, was weird, because but, you didn't notice that in the shower. Well, because they didn't but show you know, it. Yeah, because they just showed, like, his muscular shoulder and, like, him fucking It wasn't even a muscular shoulder, off. it was just a shoulder. Whatever. But anyway, I just want you to know that there are, in this notes, like, in this chronological his order, love his love You're handles sick. are brought up. <laughs> Keep going. Um, where is this? Oh, okay. So she basically tries to tell him that there are ghosts in this house, and he blatantly ignores her. And um, this is happening while they're laying in bed. They smell uh, gas coming from the garage. And downstairs. that's already the second time that they've smelled gas. Yes. And he's like, oh, it's because I noticed the garage is downstairs. It's just the car. If it was the car, that'd be bad. Yeah, my car doesn't fucking smell like gas when I get It'd in be, it. Like, they're talking like carbon monoxide. Yeah. Yeah, that would be bad if that was coming from your garage. That would kill you. I've never walked past my car and been like, yep. Wow. Gas. Okay. Um, and this is, again, a progression. Oh, and she went down to put on the fan. 
Oh, okay. I, I didn't write about that. And then she had a weird interaction with the ghost, I think. There's a lot of weird interactions with her and this ghost. Scary looking lady at first, though. She still stayed scary. Yeah, she was pretty scary looking. She was, like, gross. Um, okay, so, anyway. Oh, and I, I remembered what scared the daughter the first time. The rocking chair moved by itself. Oh, the rocking chair? Okay. Um, I wrote, basically, little progressions of how George gets kind of worse, um, and the thing is that we don't see him interacting with the ghosts until later on, but my thinking is that his interaction started earlier than is shown. I don't really know. I don't think he's really a spiritual, to be honest with you. So I, don't I don't think, think he so. is either, but I think it slowly started seeping in. I think the nature of the people in the house kind of started seeping in, but I don't think he was cognizant of it. Hmm. Um, which would kind of make sense for why they haven't had issues prior to this. Um, okay, so George got really fr- frustrated because the daughter keeps like having these interactions with the ghost and wanting to sleep in the bed. So he was like, we should have filled her sedative prescription like the doctor said. That's what he said to Amanda Seyfried, cause he was, And then he went to go sleep in her room because she's like, I don't want to sleep with her in the bed with me and you. So he went to go sleep in his daughter's room. But also the idea that you want to drug your daughter with sex. I didn't know if that was a 1980s thing or like, but it was very callous. It was very callous though. That's what I first noticed. I was like, give that bitch a pill. Yeah, but then and go to sleep in her room. Like, I don't know. He just started seeming very callous to me at that point. Um, Okay, so this is this is this is a funny scene. So George is on a run. And he sees that college student. What's her name? He he sees the the um the horse farm or whatever the fuck you want to call it. the like the stables that what's she works her name? at. I don't know her actual name. Just call her Natalia. Natalia. Oh, Willis. Willis. Okay, yes, because it's, it's unisex, as the nosy librarian tells. Claire yeah, at yeah. Some ex- point. Willis. Um, this scene really left me kind of with my my jaw dropped because she works. We know that she works at this stable. He kind of follows her. And then she says, you're presumptuous fucker, aren't you? And then he proceeds to follow her. And she's like naked and sprawls out on the bed. I was like, you're at work. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it was a complete 180 from the way she had swerved him. And we get a little bit of like, there's a little bit of lead up to this scene where I guess we're supposed to understand her behavior because when she's talking to her cousins like Eddie or whatever, she's like, he's completely my type. I always want guys who are bad for me or whatever. He's like a shitty person. Okay, we get that, but that was a little excessive to Well, me. she was ready to go. But like at her job? Mm-hmm. And he didn't even give a fuck. And this is what I'm mm-hmm. going to tell you too. Because Amanda Seyfried, as we mentioned in the plot in the plot synopsis, she ends up sleeping with the neighbor. We'll get more into that later. Willis's cousin. Yeah, Willis's cousin. Young man. We'll get into that later. But I'm pretty sure, because of the spontaneity of both of these sexual interactions, no condoms were used. No. That is the first thing that came to my mind. So, I don't know if that's... <laughs> Sorry, this is like a weird uh, review of a film, but this is just what was going through my head. I was like, I know he's not having unprotected sex in this woman's job. Or this girl's job, rather. I'm sorry. Um, But yeah, it was way too fast and inorganic for me, like just writing-wise. I was like, you know, you, you floored it for no reason. Um, okay, so 
we also find out that the husband knows about the history of the house. And the reason we find this out is because the, the, uh, farmhand Eddie and his brother, he basically tells them like, Hey, they meet finally. And he's like, my wife's a nervous person. So don't tell her about the house. And we're like, don't tell her what about the house, bro. Yeah, we don't even we don't even get to know what that is. But honestly, I'm just starting to hate him at this point. That's what I wrote. Hate him so much. Because he's a dick. Yeah, he's just becoming a little bit of a dick. And I don't like his face. Or yeah. his hair. Yeah, it's a little schoolboyish. Um, and then, okay, so this is the next scene that I, I wrote about. Willis breaks off their affair because George starts kind of prying into her life, trying to be like a good guy. Like he starts oh. trying to have a relationship with her dog. Well, like an actual affair, you know. Yeah. But like as if what they're doing is not wrong. Willis basically tells him to fuck off. She gets dressed and she rides off on a horse into like the sunset. <laughs> Dramatic as fuck and just she has issues. This bitch has a lot of issues that she needs resolved. Because I couldn't believe when I saw this, I was like. She's at work. <laughs> I mean, I guess part of her job is literally just riding the horses. Yeah, uh, yes, but she's <laughs> she even left him there. Like she's got to lock that place. Like nothing. She just left him there. Um. Okay. Uh. Okay. Cool. Um. Okay. So this is the next scene. So George gets invited. Um. To one of his colleagues houses like it's it's justine just well justine's house but she's friends with the husband oh he's friends with her husband they're brom. like brom they're tennis bros mm-hmm. that's what happens so she invites him over for dinner whatever it seems like a fine time george gets high um i like that they get high in the movie i do like that they get high it's kind of a hippie vibe um amanda seifert kind of becomes friends with justine a little bit like it's kind of nice like brom grows his own weed yeah brom grows his own weed she like weaves goals yeah she weaves like baskets and whatever and like scarves or whatever um but on the way home she said some funny shit about the weaving too she was like i just let like the the universe guide my hands or some shit they were hippies they were complete hippies but cool like it was a kind of she was cool i like justine I thought she was pretty neat. Um, so George gets high, and then he starts, on the way home, he starts speeding and kind of scaring Amanda Seyfried's character quite And a talking bit. shit about Justine. Yeah, he said that she really put away some lasagna. Which was both funny and also very rude. But very triggering for someone with an eating disorder. Exactly. Um, but now I almost want to know how much lasagna Justine really did eat. Probably not that much. I kind of think George probably scared his wife a little bit into her. I don't know the history of her eating Ooh, disorder. For the, right. It could be. Um, for those of you who don't know, I, sorry that I have such an interest in what's going on with her eating disorder. I also have an eating disorder. So, like, I I just, I was hyper aware to, of this the entire time. Um, but anyway, he ends up flooring the car and acting crazy. And then Amanda Seyfried gets out. And he... He accidentally, I think he pushes her or something. They start, he starts trying to drag her to the car and she goes to like smack slash claw him because the Foley sounded like a clawing noise. And he like went to brush her hand off from that and like kind of threw her a little bit down a hill. 
Yeah, it was a really rough scene. So then we see the finally his first time being like physically like abusive, abusive, but he played it off kind of like it was an accident. So we're not sure what to think of him. We definitely think he's a dick, but like, is he that bad? Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like he's just high and acting stupid and trying to get his wife back in the car. Um. So yes, then uh, Floyd comes to visit the house. Because they went on a boat trip. They went on a boat trip together. And on for this boat trip, um, George actually talks about his cousin uh, drowning when they were kids. Well, not kids. I guess he was a teenager or something. Mm -hmm. Um, And that his cousin was like the typical... um, What's the word? I'll say anguished artist, but they used a different word. Um, Angsty. Nah, I don't even know if he's Well, he was that. an angsty artist, but he was also gay. Yeah, he was gay, and because of the time, obviously closeted, and also because of the time, probably persecuted anyway. But I also think he was jealous of his boat. He was jealous of all of it. I just wonder if he killed him. Why you gotta Why you gotta steal my thunder, Nicolette? That's what I was thinking before. I was why like, I gotta steal my thunder, bro? Sorry. I, I gave you that information. You didn't give it to me. You I just... kind of did, by fucking emphasizing on it. I, but we'll get to that later, which is one of your favorite words. Sorry, we'll get to that later. Um, I'm hungry. So, so George... Oh, I'm full. Uh, <laughs> uh, George... Oh, no, Floyd is a total like crackpot, because when he came home... He's such a weird old man. He's weird. And he was talking to Amanda Seyfried, like when they went upstairs. They, they were giving like a house tour. I don't know if that's a 1980s thing. They were like, let me show you my house. I still take people around the house. like if I... She, like, they felt the need to take him into her daughter's room, that even though part she was is sleeping. Weird. That part is you weird. You don't need to see like, my daughter's bedroom. The first time bedroom. somebody comes to, to, to your house, people usually are like, oh, let me show you around kind of thing. It was excessive. But the second they get upstairs, he starts like, to... there's another person here. Yeah, he. <laughs> I feel the presence. He's like basically salivating over the fact that there's like a ghost in the house. Like he saw that. But he doesn't even know that it's weird. He doesn't to know who it, all, who it is, what it is. He just knows that there's a fucking presence in the house. If I walked into somebody's house and I was like, "Yo, there's a presence here," I'm dipping. So Floyd was like, you know, being a creeper and didn't even realize that it was strange. And Amanda Seyfried's character totally was like. She was so on board. She was yeah. like, yeah, dude. We need to have a seance here. You're I right. Know. First time, you know, whenever we can get rid of George, you know, to do this, we'll do it. Yeah, we don't even need him to be here. Because he doesn't like that kind of stuff. But um, the next dickish comment that George makes is that after Floyd leaves, he's like, what were you guys doing up there? And he's like, oh, you know, he was just talking about what a great professor you were. Or no, what an exceptional professor you were. Mm-hmm. And then he said, well, you're such an exceptional wife. And I sit there, and I'm like, yo, this is starting to turn into, like, this guy's a dick. Like, and it started, it ended up being, like, a feminist tale, kind of. Not a very good one, but, like. No. But I it, get but what, it, what they were trying I to do. I get what they were trying to do. Like, you know, it's just kind of sending. Not a great ending. You're a great wife. Like, uh, dude, what? Okay, so anyway, let's keep going. Oh, um, before, to add context, which the synopsis did not. As Justine was saying that she would invite them to the party that has already happened in Nikki's regaling, um, she comes into George's office to talk to him and notices the paintings that he... He is very small, um, probably like 
five, uh, like eight by eight paintings on his wall. It's yeah. probably like eight of them. They depict like the seashore and like uh, ocean faring birds and whatnot. And she's like, you know, I thought you might have been a little like almost empty headed, but these these are like really good work. Like they actually show like decent artistic talent. And he's like, yeah, you know, that's what I used to do back in the day before I got more into theory. That's all I'm saying about that. Um, okay, yeah. Well, I, yeah, and actually they mentioned them one other time, too. Because uh, when they first moved into the house, Amanda Seyfried's character was like, hey, like, you know, are you going to hang up those little paintings? I love them so much. I wish you'd do art. And he was like, no, I'm going to put them in the office. So the, it, mm-hmm. these come up a few times. Um, so finally, they throw this party at their home, um... George and Amanda Seyfried's character. And uh, we finally get a reference that it's been three months. And they decide to invite... He wants to invite his department. And then she decides that she wants to invite the entire town. I don't know the rationale. I didn't understand it. She was like, I gotta make friends. She whatever. said that she didn't want to just be part of his community. She wanted to be a part of the community. Yeah, but the sheriff was even there. Like It was like everyone was at this fucking house. It's a small town. Because really, there weren't that many people at that party. There was probably, like, 25 people. Yeah, okay, fair enough. But it was still weird. And they even smoked weed at that party. I'm like, there's a sheriff here. Well, yeah, but Justine and George smoked weed, like, pretty separately from everybody, where he acted like a fucking weirdo with her. Yeah, I was gonna say, George is a sociopath, because he was holding Justine's hands, but he was squeezing them. And she was like, you're hurting me. And he was, like, laughing, like a freak. And she's like, you're hurting me. And she, like, kind of ripped her hands away. Well, yeah, because they keep having him do physically abusive things while he's high. high. So you're like, you know, is he just acting really weird because he's fucking high? But at that point, you have to be like, who the fuck acts like that when they're high? That's what I was going to say. No one acts violent when they're high. No. Um... Then, then they, George is away for, I forgot for whatever reasons, but they have an actual seance in the house. Oh, she's, uh, Claire sends him away because he was an asshole. Because he didn't tell her about what actually happened oh, at yeah, the house. Oh, yeah, she finds out so about what happened. So she runs into the realtor lady, or the at least the lady who sold her the house, who just happens to be the sheriff's wife, and she's like, you know, I'm glad you guys have those boys here doing work. You know, it's nice for them to be in the house they grew up in. And she's like, what the fuck are you talking about, lady? And the and the, and the lady whose name is Mare, which is weird because Mare like is a, a horse. female horse. Um, she's like, wow, I've said too much. And Claire's like, uh, you haven't said enough, you stupid whore? Like, tell me what the <laughs> fuck is going on in my house. <laughs> and Mare's like, yeah, you know. Uh, this dude kind of just sedated his wife and kids one night, shot all their dairy cows, turned on the car, and let the fumes leak up from the garage into the bedroom and killed them both. Like, but the kids killed lived. himself and his wife, but the kids lived for whatever reason. She's like, wow, so there's just mad dead people in my house. Good to know, because she also found out that, like, no, they find out later at the seance. Yeah. Get to the seance. So anyway, they have a... So she sent George away because of that. She was like, you're an asshole for not telling me that those kids' fucking parents died in this house in like a murder-suicide. Go take your daughter to your parents' house. Um, all I have written down is that the seance scene is hilarious, because it is, but we do find out some valuable information from it. 
one, that only good spirits talk to good people, and that only bad spirits talk to bad people. But we do find out that there is a bad spirit in the house. We don't know who it is. Because it they, won't communicate with them. Because they're all good people. But she, the, the, bad, the good spirit, Ella, is being fucked up by whoever... Is living there. Which you have to start assuming is just her husband. But I just couldn't believe that these people were like... Just fine with that. They weren't like, you should probably move away. No, they were, because they're just so... Floyd was just like, just watch out who you who you invite into the house. <laughs> who you... Nigga, there's fucking spirits living in here. I don't have to invite anybody. They're already here. They're already here. They, but they were just so calm. And the fucking... It was like a like a, a lace shawl was like flying all over the place. And that was supposed to be Ella. And then that thing started getting fucked up by whatever the fuck was... Yeah. Whatever else was there. I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm leaving. We're going back to Manhattan. Because shit doesn't... Shit like that doesn't fucking happen doesn't down happen there. The yeah. And I I just... What I think is so funny is just the way these pe- this people in the town just treat paranormal activity they just treat it like it's just just something else you know just something just whatever it's just part of the fucking neighborhood which is really crazy to me that's what i thought was funny um okay so then george when he comes back he makes a comment Ooh, side note um claire at one point thought that it was the original owner's wife owner of the house's wife that was the actual spirit in the house but then they found out she found out through research, really just through realizing that it was actually the boy's mother, mother. Ella, that was in the house. Um, but Floyd found out that the original owner's wife died of, like, mysterious circumstances at some point, too. So, like, now we have two women who have been murdered by their husbands in the same house. Yeah, it's, like, not looking Leave. good. Leave. Um Leave. So George... And she's like, wait, hold on. Because this is part of their callous behavior towards spirits. She's like, yo, there's mad deaths in this house. And Floyd is like, no, 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 we don't think about it that way. It's just opportunities for portals to the spiritual world to yeah, open. they killed her. These bitches are dead. Because their husbands murdered them. It's a coincidence in the same house? I think not. No, it kind of sounds like a pattern. Yeah. <laughs> um, so George <laughs> makes this this comment. He doesn't like that uh, Amanda Seyfried's character is hanging out with Justine. Yo. He literally says that she must be a lesbian. The closeted she's obsessed, lesbian who's obsessed, obsessed with, with you. you. That was sick. That's why she's trying to drive a wedge between us. That was sick. Um... And then oh, the next scene, this is a lot of gay hating, because in the next scene... Oh, his dad. Yeah, his dad makes a comment about the cousin who'd passed away, and he was like... This is Thanksgiving. So right before this, I think, mainly because there was a turkey, um, the uh, the Met visit happened before this. Oh, you should bring up so, the Met visit before um, we get into this. George is going on a... He's leading a, cl- a school, like a class trip to the Met. Um, and Justine is already suspicious of him for because he's she's a fucking smart. weirdo and he like assaulted her. Um, but also because she's not a fucking idiot. So she tags along saying that Floyd said they needed another chaperone. 
She's there at the Met with him. Somebody named Dr. Weber comes up to George and is like, George, like, interesting to see you here. I thought you packed all your shit and fucking left because you're a disgrace. And George is like, no, you know, I got, like, a great job. Like, I moved away, you know, whatever. And Dr. Weber's like, really? How'd you get that job without a recommendation? Um, and George is like, well, you know, things happen. <laughs> and Weber's like, yep, that's really fucking weird. I'm gonna go now. And Justine's like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> and George is like, I'm not gonna tell you. And she's like, I kind of already know, though. <laughs> so... The next day, George runs into Floyd, and Floyd is like, um, so that guy who was your professor called you, called me, and was like, I didn't write that guy a recommendation, because his shit was garbage, like, he didn't fucking really know much at all, and George is like, oh, that guy, (laughs) uh, yeah, you know, that guy didn't want to write me a recommendation uh, for for weird reasons. So I wrote the one that I thought I deserved. Um, but it's Thanksgiving, so, like, can we talk about this another day and not fire me right now? And Floyd's just like, yeah, we'll make an appointment. And then dinner. Dinner, yeah. So Where he's, like, assaulting a turkey with a knife. Like, he was very much stabbing that turkey in a way. a lot of aggression. Um, so George's father makes another homophobic comment. It was really a back-to-back zinger for me. Um, so, so what happened was they were talking about the cousin who passed away, and they're like, we don't know what's worse, that he was a flaming fag or that he died. (laughs) And everyone was like, In the middle of the dinner table. (laughs) Even everyone else was like, yo. And that was, that's how you know that that was a fucking bizarre comment to make, is that in this time in where this people time, are kind of like that, nobody else at that table was like that. They were all just really like, excessive. you just talked about your dead nephew being gay and dead, and you didn't know which one was worse. Because he could have just been alive and gay, but instead he's dead and gay. Yeah, it was pretty fucked up. Um, yeah. and But I, they mention the paintings. Yeah, why we? I have that in the notes. I have that in the notes. But also, well, just sorry to steal your thunder, Nicola. Sorry to steal thunder. I just want to also point out. I think I said. Did I say homo or fag? I think you said flaming fag. Okay, just for all y'all out there, I'm gay. So, bye, really. But it was also by default. A quote. I don't. Did he say that? I don't remember exactly. I just burning homosexual. I don't know. Something. Raging homosexual. I think. Raging. Um. So then we find out about the the paintings that actually the 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 nephew or the cousin had had done them, which I think is showing that George has become a very insidious character. But also, how does Amanda Seyfried not know this already? Like, has she not interacted with the family enough to not know about these paintings? Well, I get the feeling that they don't bring up their dead gay well, why? cousin very often. I don't know. I just think it was very peculiar like th- that this has never come up before. I just thought it was a writing flaw. But, thank you for giving it away earlier. But. Yeah. I don't even know if I should mention it right now because technically it's more 
It's it's more of a later thing. Yeah. Okay, All so right, we'll just fine, wait. Fine, whatever. Um, and then this is where I, I wrote the comment. Weird. So she ends up having an affair. Well, not an affair. She ends up sleeping with, uh, what's the boy's name? Doesn't even matter. But the, the, the real reason I find that weird was because he was like, you're like my mom. Yeah, but also she he's like way younger too. And fucked her on the floor of like outside. Like Again, outside. I definitely non protected sex. That's when that's when it occurred to me. I was like, yo, these have been very spontaneous. They're just fucking. They're raw. They're just fucking out here. It's really crazy. Um, and it was weird because the age gap. I mean, it's a little. It was a little excessive to me. Um, and then we see. Okay, so this is. I think this is why I know about this came. Um, George ends up talking about his dissertation with Floyd on the boat. He sees him on the boat. Well, yeah. So he, he has an appointment the next day to see Floyd about the whole issue with the recommendation. And so runs after Floyd because he sees Floyd headed down to the dock, hops on the boat with him. Because well, Floyd's like, the boat's a good place as any to talk about this. It's so really like, not. I really wouldn't have... Whether I trusted the person 100% or not, I wouldn't have a conversation as a frail old man where I am going to tell somebody that I am basically going to tell the people that will fire them a reason to fire them on a boat in the middle of the water in the winter. Greg's not a trusting person. I probably would not think that this, you know... We we find out that he he kills him or it's or it's apparent we don't see it happen. It's implied it's because implied. he comes back soaking soaked. wet. He's soaked, and this like is late at night. And the reason that this jogged my memory is because actually I didn't write about this scene at all. Like the thing that I did write, however, was George has crazy love handles, and this is when he's taking off his clothes Ooh. that are all wet. Before that, Justine happens to be at the school and sees him, and they have. Like, that same rundown that they had in the Met, where he's like, where she's like, you want to tell me about this? And he's like, I bet you already know. And she's like, I definitely do, motherfucker. And she leaves, and he runs her off the road, and she, like, crashes into a bunch of trees off camera. I don't think this happened yet. That's exactly when that happens. Really? Yeah, he's soaking wet, and she drives off, and he chases her down and runs her into the trees. And that's when he gets home, and you see his love handles. I don't even know why he just thought he that. killed her. I don't know why the love handle stuck out more than his two martyrs. <laughs> anyway, because of the fact that we just mentioned him killing Floyd by drowning him off the boat, I'm pretty sure that motherfucker killed his cousin, bro. I'm thinking he killed his and cousin. And that shit just came to me when I was reading the synopsis because I was like, hold on a second, this fucking cousin drowned off that small that small ass boat and this guy just happens to have pretended to made have made those paintings and shit. Like, this guy basically just killed his cousin and took his life. It's possible. And honestly, I didn't occur to me until Greg put an emphasis on me to remind him. And then I was like, wait, that fucker killed his cousin. And then she stole my shit, bro. I... <laughs> the worst. Um, it, it be your own people, man. It happens. It be your own people that do you like that. And then... George was like, I don't know how George knew about her fucking. The, he didn't. He, he he didn't. I think he just. I think he was just calling him that to be spiteful. Okay. When he said, "Oh, have your boyfriend come like fix whatever," because this nigga was talking to the 
to the husband demon ghost. Because he was like, he was like mumbling to him about like weird creepy shit and then said send me a sign if you're real. Because I guess he really didn't, still somehow didn't believe in ghosts even though a ghost was talking to him. And like a fucking huge raven flew in through the window upstairs in the broke bedroom. Broke the window. Broke the glass. Looked at George when he walked in and then fucking calmly hopped out the fucking window and flew away. So he was like, have your boyfriend fix that shit in the morning. It was really weird because I I initially wrote in my notes, but this, this occurred to me now. I said I didn't know how he'd finally become abusive because they'd been dating since college. Um, but now I understand that maybe the spirit kind of fucked with them a little bit. Yeah, but that's what's making... The, the reason that spirit was even capable of fucking with him was because of the fact that he murdered his cousin. We don't know if he murdered his they cousin. They only talk to bad people, right? Well, maybe he's a bad person, but or maybe he's a seedlings. We don't know if he was a straight-up murderer yet. I don't know. So then the next thing is that Amanda Cypher is like, yo, she realized that he definitely fucked with Justine. He definitely killed Floyd. She's like, packed up her shit. She oh, was that ready was the to go. Other shit. But what Justine I Justine really... knew about the affair because she saw a scarf that she made George to give on Willis's neck for George to give to his mother and saw that shit on Willis's Actually, neck at a diner. Actually, I loved this. There's a little like, where'd you get that scarf, bro? She was like. Oh, how did your mother like that scarf? And she's like, well, she actually didn't like it very much. It was very cheap. And she's like, that explains why I was on who, yeah, whose neck it was on. that explains the neck that it ended up on or some shit like that. It was nasty. Yeah, she's good. she basically just called Willis cheap. Yeah. <laughs> it was good. That shit was good. Um, but then that's when she drives off and he goes off and, like, you know, runs her off the road or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so anyway, Amanda Seyfried's, like, packed up all her shit. Franny's in the bed. I think the way that she played this was kind of stupid, in my opinion. Because she didn't she, think he was going to be home that early, man. She didn't think he was going to be home that early. No, right no, but that's not true, because Franny was put down to bed, but in her clothes. So I think she was going to make a swift exit while he was asleep. Nah. Because he still had, like, a two-hour class left. Yeah, but why was she, Franny dressed in her was bed? Because it was, like, 8 o'clock. It was, like, a night class. Why was Kids go to sleep bed? early. In her clothes? She put her in the clothes because she was going to fucking dip real quick. But she yeah. still needed to go to sleep. No, I think that she thought she was going to snip out in the middle of the night. I don't know. But either way, the reason he was even home early was because he went into class. And this is where I laughed because I was like, this fucking old bastard Floyd has been talking about how spirits... How, like, death isn't the end and spirits will, con- like, can affect the future because they're not really gone. That's the nigga who put the fucking slides in the projector, bro. It was Floyd. You think so? He killed Floyd, basically on school grounds, and then he comes in to teach his class. And the one picture, even though he keeps changing slides on this projector, the one picture that is shown on that screen is the same image of a spirit passing into the afterlife that Floyd that was on the book that Floyd gave him. Yeah, that's true. I thought it was a cool comeback. I don't... Okay. Who else was doing that? You One of the students put 75 slides of that no, picture in? No, no, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I don't know. They're Floyd, not... homie. They left it ambiguous, but it was Floyd. Okay, Greg's vote was Floyd. I don't know who the fuck it was or what was going on. But he lost his shit in that class in a way that was not okay. He was like, who the fuck did that? He was like losing his And then mind. left. Yeah, he left. I was like, what? Um, 
But anyway, I think she did a really bad job of trying to flee. She did a horrible job of covering it up as well. Yeah, because she was like, oh, you know, I... And she took the protein shake. She could have just been like, oh, I drank one earlier. And she honestly... I had a steak this morning. She hasn't been drinking them this entire film. She hasn't, because he noticed they were full in the fridge, and that's why he used it to his advantage. Um, Also, I want to mention before, too, he made some digs at her before just about, like... Her not eating, like she's. And like, I, I loved her response. She was like, "I'd really like it if people would stop fucking bringing my lack of eating into all of this other bullshit." You see all this other shit happening. What the fuck does that have to do with me not eating? Yeah, exactly. It's so relevant. Um. <laughs> uh. So anyway, he goes with a protein shake and fucking it, it, it like sedates her. Because he went to the pharmacist and was like, I need this filled right now. For my daughter. My daughter has night terrors. Right. I wouldn't give that guy a fucking prescription. No. He so came in looking disheveled, fucking crazy. The 1980s were crazy. Um, and it was probably some weird shit that you wouldn't even want to give a kid. So this was an interesting point in the film, though. Because Amanda Seyfried's character, he ends up killing her with an axe. So I'm sitting there kind of like... Oh. But the face on her when she when he was killing her was the face of Ella. I understand. So I was like, are they du- uh, are they like double crossing him? Like, is he not really killing her? Like, is, is he just seeing the like is the ghost taking her place? Like, and he's not really killing anybody. Uh, that bitch that was bitch dead. dead. That bitch yeah, I was, was gonna dead. say that bitch was dead. That bitch was um, fucking dead. So I was like, okay, this is interesting that we've killed the protagonist. Now George has kind of become And our... Ella was saying things, though. Ella was like, oh, I'll take the, the sharp stones out of your path so that, like, you, you know, it's it's a, a less hard path to take. Like, she was guiding her through the house because she asked for help. Yeah, they did a horrible job. And this job bitch still dies, man. She dies. Violently. Um. So, yeah, he stabbed... He, he, not stabs her, I'm sorry. He axed her to death. And, um, then he, like, kind of sets it up so that he pretends to find her later. Uh, and the only the proof persons whose fingerprints were on the axe were Eddie's. Um, so Eddie kind of comes into the, the sheriff's office and he's like, yo, um, she, he definitely killed his wife. And there's like, he's like, well, there's no way to prove that. He was a... He was supposedly teaching a class. And he's like, and, and, and the they wife both was, seemed like they were having affairs. Were you fucking her? Yeah, and the and the wife was, but uh, the sheriff's wife was like, definitely like, yo, he definitely did it. You know he did it. We gotta figure this out. Like, whatever. Um, okay, and then, yeah, we well, Greg already touched upon what happens about how he gets caught. Uh, because Justine sends a note. This is actually badass as fuck. So he's at his parents' house, and Justine makes a phone call, and his mom comes to the his bedroom. And Justine's and like, been in a coma. Yeah, Justine was in a coma. They was didn't... supposedly awoken by Ella and Claire. Yeah. Metaphysically. Um. So she was like, uh, oh, an old friend um called and left a no- you know left a note, and he's like says to his mother, did you get a name? Like, a real dick. And she's like, yes, Justine. And then he reads the note, and it's like, I remember everything. Do you? Do you? Love Justine or some shit She's like a that. bad bitch. I'm <laughs> telling you, I love her. Um. So anyway, this is when he makes a break and, you know, whatever. And he goes onto the boat that he murdered his cousin and inherited. Yeah, and then he sort of sails off into a painting. But this is the thing that really get get like made me LOL. I don't know who said this, 
or maybe it was maybe it was mayor, but someone said, where's the justice for the women of that house? And I fucking laughed my ass off. Because for real, where the fuck it at? Because <laughs> as far as we know, this guy just fucking d- just died in a storm. Or whatever happened. Who knows? Um, and here's the shit. So when they were in the Met before Dr. Weber confronted him, um, two female students come over to him, the ones that have been flirting with him the whole time. And they're like, what does this mean that the guy's in the boat but doesn't have his hands on the tiller? And he's like, oh, that guy's given up and just accepted his fate or whatever. He couldn't keep his hands on the tiller at the end. You know, the steering for the boat? I know what it a tiller is. Flying I, out of, I know you went to sailing camp. You were voted most improved. Or twice. Like ready to improve. <laughs> no, most improved twice. <laughs> That's like a weird word to win twice. Um... No, it wasn't most improved. No, I won most improved twice. Okay. Two different occasions. Anywho. <laughs> he kind of, like, saw... The the movie ends with him bursting into flames, and that same cross that's in the picture of the spirit traveling to the afterlife, but upside down, kind of like the Antichrist. I guess and he's going to he hell. just burns. Yeah, so that's kind of how the film ends, and I think... That's it. That's the end of the movie. No, there's a picture of the woman in the house, and I think you just get a zoom in of the rings, maybe? Yeah, it's, it's the ring, because she was wearing the ring that Ella was wearing. I almost Claire think that ring's wore. cursed. You shouldn't put yeah, that ring I don't on. Even... She even tried to give it away to Eddie. He's like, no, nah, I don't want that. It wouldn't come off of her finger. But he said he didn't want it. But it wouldn't come off of her finger. Yeah. That's what seems cursy about this. Honestly? And then when she... Back to that once. <laughs> don't look over into the fucking Honestly, distance. Like, I don't that even... scared the shit out of me. When she dropped the ring into the sink, that's when she pulled the fetus out. Why do you keep looking left, bro? Okay, guys. I honestly, <laughs> I wasn't freaked out about this film until we started talking about it so in depth. Now I'm a little freaked <laughs> out. Now I gotta go to bed too. Why? George isn't here. I don't know. Now I'm just. Where is the woman? Where is the justice for the women of this house? Seriously. No, of this no, house. No, I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, the movie just kind of ends zooming in onto the portrait of, like, Ugh. the original couple that had the house, and she just has that same ring on, which is a freaky-looking ring anyway, because it's, like, two babies, like, looking at each other or something. And that probably is cursed. That is yeah. probably the reason all these bitches are dying, man. The last or thing being I, murdered. I wrote is that I guess this is a feminist tale. Because um, I guess it is, but also, is it? No, it is. It definitely... It, it's not satisfying. No, I'm just saying the intentions of the writer. I just, I saw a lot of things they were trying to do, and I saw the failures of them um, come to fruition, you know? Uh, that's why this is not a good movie. Uh, hopefully you you know got that from all the things we'd said about it. Um, it's not a good film. It had potential, I think, at points, but... Ultimately, no. Not a good film. Love handles. Yeah. The, and I those, should make the shot of his of him naked. As the p- cover the for this. The picture for the YouTube video, yeah. Because they're crazy love handles. He was thick. He was like very dad bodish. He wore clothes that covered it well. But honestly, if I were Willis... He I'd wore very loose clothes, though. You'll notice that. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I thought about it after the fact. Willis, I wouldn't have... I wouldn't have touched that if I were her. They're definitely not after the first time, like once you saw the love handles. I probably just wouldn't even gone through with it. 
Not, not a DILF. Sorry. Big burn. That's how I live. I don't know about her. Chosen New York. Still I, don't think she goes to Cornell. Really just seemed like she was a castaway teenager living on like a horse farm. The horse farm at her job. Anyway. Rate it. Um, fuck. This is really not a good movie. No, it's really not. I Shot well. I'll give him that, but yeah, just but whatever. Garbage. Just garbage. That's not starting to mean anything these days because even low budget films are shot well. Yeah, I kind of feel like this movie, the the way we rate a five is like, was this a waste of my time? Absolutely. Do I will I ever get these two hours back? Nope. No. So it's definitely under five. Yeah. And I'm, the worst part is that it was my day off that I saw this on and wasted two hours. The worst thing is I have such a busy fucking schedule, <laughs> and I decided to squeeze this bullshit in. Which is Netflix is starting to do to me with this uh, podcast. We gotta get back to like a good movie. Um, I would say a three, and that's only because Justine is a badass. I'm gonna give it a 3.2 for a strong female cast. Besides that garbage. Because I liked Amanda Seyfried. I liked whoever Justine was. You liked her character though? I didn't find no, I liked strong... Amanda Seyfried. That's, oh, you just mean literally the actors that showed up. Not in terms of attractiveness. Like her, I don't mean like her that. Per, her portrayal of this stupid bitch was good. It's hard to know when they're a stupid bitch. Exactly. But you started kind of thinking that Amanda Seyfried was a stupid bitch. And that's what makes you think that the acting was good. My left arm is going numb. I'm scared. Why is your arm going numb? Because I'm freaked out. About what? Because you keep talking so in depth about the stupid movie. It's you keep, you me fucking out. sit here in the dark. That's not my problem. <laughs> what is it with my left arm going numb? Anyway, 3.2. Leave me alone. Really, mostly because I love Justine. Justine, I'm telling you, she saved this film. Yeah, she gives it the point too. Because really, honestly, she gives it the whole fucking score. Yeah, the whole score. My real score is probably like a fucking 1.5. It's really bad. Um, Episode 12 should be monster i started um, it already netflix's little plot summary is a talented teen implicated in a robbery turned murder fights for his innocence and integrity against the criminal justice system that's already judged him and this is part of netflix's black lives matter collection just notice that that's not even why i chose it i kind of just ran through netflix's Wait. movies and wrote things down that i thought were interesting well one this is already gonna be a better film but two can you please tell me what it is on rotten tomatoes Oh, the rating for yeah, we have to always compare our ratings to their ratings. God, and I like that title for whatever reason. Thirty nine, Rotten Tomatoes. Higher than us. Let's get a the critic synopsis real quick. Critics' consensus. The terrors in Things Heard and Seen are overwhelmed by a banal and uninspired adaptation that fails to connect to its haunting source material. That tells me both a repeat of how garbage we thought this movie was and also makes me interested in the book. Would you read it? I might. I've never read a scary book. Honestly. Out of all the books I've read. Like The Shining or something? I don't know. I never made it through the fucking movie of The Shining. I don't think I'm going to make it through the book. Anywho, (laughs) that's episode 11, Things Heard and Seen. I hope this came out okay, guys. Like, 
I feel like every episode is very different. Audience score? Lower than the critic score. Wow. Critic, uh, the tomato meter was 39. Audience score, 24. Higher than us. <laughs> yeah. Shit. Although, technically, it's higher than my actual score of 1.5. We both agree that Justine added a lot of points to this film. Oh, yeah. She carried it. She carried this she carried it, honestly. <laughs> I hope I meet that actress in real life and be like, you know Them and mean? the fact that they smoked weed, like, just Justine, the pothead weaver detective. Yeah, but she, he really... even made the weed less fun because he kept fucking... He did, he kept acting fucking crazy on so it. So you're like, I don't want him smoking weed? Yeah, because he's giving it a bad name. He's and that's it... why the war on drugs started. It's because of fucking George. Because of George. Love handle George. Anywho. Yeah. Sorry, um, for the ten listeners out there, I hope you enjoyed this this one. <laughs> Catch you in the next one. Bye.